0: Welcome to episode 300 of Fintech Insider. We're coming to you live from level 39 where we recorded the very first episode of the show. We've gone back to our roots this week which is really, really fun. My name is David Breer and we want to take a little bit of a look back over the last 300 episodes and take more and more of a, a trip down memory lane about what we've achieved and how much we've grown and some sort of rites of passage thing's going to go on here I think, which is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, joining me today I have a bunch of my colleagues from 11FS. So first up we have mr simon taylor hello how's it going
1: it's pretty well so how are you 300 episodes this is weird that's crazy isn't it, it look is. at us all growing up
0: i know we've been wandering around level 39 feelings all sort of like the years have gone by so fast i feel like this is a mission badge right it's bound to be uh next up we have mr jason bates how's it going Jay? very well how are you very good well like you've just eaten like almost like a sort of a scooby sandwich full of turkey haven't you and so like back
2: to the old favorite lunch spots on level 39 yeah
0: like we really at one point we were trying to get Burley sandwiches as a sponsor of the podcast because <laughs> of uh, just how frequently we were going down to that, it the big easy oh, that barbecue i still i still uh, fantasize about I'm, I'm still trying to get that stone off to be honest with you, <laughs> but uh, we'll come back to that later on um next up how's it going sarah
3: it's good it's good it's um. It's very strange because I did my first uh, FinTech Insider podcast in level 39 as well so and I was just saying though every time I come to A Canary Wharf or B level 39 I get lost like it changes so quickly that I'm lucky I made it to the room to be honest and not still wandering around in the <laughs> shopping mall
0: well, we found you. We brought you in, which is good. So, uh, And we'll we'll no doubt talk about your first episode a little bit later on, but it was fun, right?
3: Yeah, it was one of the weirdest experiences of my life, but I came back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's always good, mostly for the wine. Um,
4: and lastly, we have Mr. Ross Gallagher. How's it going, Ross? Really well, thank you. Really well. Good to be here. I was slightly later to the party, I think, than the rest of you. But yeah, it's great to be here.
1: But the story of how you got your name of Rosca, we'll come to that. We'll definitely come back to that. Well,
0: I think it's sort of... You know, nice to be back up here. But I guess with the format of what we're going to be doing, we're really going to start sort of rolling through why we started the podcast, what really we did it for, uh, and actually how we've sort of grown over those years. Like, this is definitely going to be the wonder years of the podcast (laughs) in this sense, in terms of where we're going. But, like, Jay, Simon, can you remember the first time we recorded? Um, Well, there was
2: was the time we recorded... Uh, using an online platform where the sound just sounded absolutely awful and then Th- then there was the episode after that when we actually decided we were going to do it like in a room with a recorder. And, and so it depends which
1: one you're talking about. Yeah, because the first ever episode we did, if you listen to it, the sound is awful.
0: Well, it wasn't just the sound, right? We sounded like yeah. robots as well. Ooh. Like, like uh, it, it, me yeah, particularly, I'm not going to lie. But, 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 but was, uh, my yeah. name is
1: David. Exactly. Uh, I remember that well. <laughs> did um, you have
3: alcohol in the first yeah. one? Because I tend to find that tends to loosen the flow. Did you, did you come to the alcohol at a later date? Yeah, I'm not sure if we
0: threw that into the equation. Maybe that was like the, maybe that's like the magic thing <laughs> like suddenly it was like yeah first two episodes weren't so good throw in some beer and then actually but um the difference
1: between episode one and episode two is dramatic mm. um so episode one was we'd just found out about Brexit and we'd all dialed into a webinar and we'd taken the MP3 from it. Episode two was uh we had um Anna Herrera from uh, now I think it's Reuters Um, and we had uh, the guys from Bud Mm. talking about Pokemon Go and Mm. what that meant for financial... Just a completely different tone of show. And it was here, and we had alcohol, and I think that was when we found the genesis of what the show was. But, Jason, you always had a theory about, you know, what made um, the show Top Gear interesting, um, and was there something in how that worked that we could steal that wasn't just for middle-aged white blokes? Well, I mean we were all having amazing conversations at conferences,
2: but not in the conference itself, not on stage, just in the bar afterwards. And you'd end up just chatting to some person, um, you know, Marco's here, one of the definitely sort of early people. We'd stand in a bar, we'd have great conversations about the industry, what was happening, what he thought, what, you know, the kind of things that we would do. Um, and, and those seem to be the, uh, the, just the key moments. I remember, David, you shared a taxi
0: with, Definitely, yeah. So the the other the other two well, the two stories on that mm. the second one was Neil Cross. So it was in the back of a taxi with Neil Cross in Nairobi, mm-hmm. and we were quite drunk. So there is a <laughs> common denominator here. Yeah, talking, I'm
3: seeing I'm seeing how this um, began.
0: And this that that sort of conversation was one that we were like, man, people should hear this type of stuff. You know, like it would that be was fun. the insight.
1: People should hear this.
0: So how do we get from like you know that and like you know Marco and then Neil to then. Doing a show about fucking Brexit for like an hour, like what we were like, hey, we're going to start a podcast. It's going to be like all the lols. Let's talk about Brexit for an hour, like yeah. we we did. We didn't quite like land well, that no. fun tone in the first yeah. one, did uh, we?
2: And I think this show, you know, can't just be about us talking about us talking about us. Um, I think it has to be a like, what have we learned and why did we take the approach that we did mm. and. I think someone else asked us to, uh, to be on a webinar that we got the recording from. And then we had a chat about, actually, podcasts are pretty easy to set up. Like, there are services that you can just host the MP3 on. Um, there's uh, Audacity, which is an open-source sound editing you know piece of software that none of us knew how to use, um, as you can probably tell from the early episodes.
0: I had a crack. I thought it was, I thought it was quite good. <laughs> it was and then, terrible. And ever. then
2: ended up working through weekends in order to, to pull this thing together. Um, and that sort of um, putting it together super fast because we knew that there was something really interesting. We knew this podcast thing wasn't going to take a lot of time, effort. We could have strategized about it for six months, but actually by putting out a, cu- a couple of podcasts. And I think we've got to maybe three or four before like David Hustler-Breer had been out to find sponsorship, which then paid for a sound engineer, Michael, who's hey, in the Hey, Michael. <laughs> um, and, and then we were going so I think it was that uh, There was something about the the capabilities the technical capabilities and the fact that it wasn't going to be that difficult The interesting conversations that we were having the fact that we Knew that the industry was changing from a fintech perspective to be more Authentic to be more personal to be more about like the reality of it rather than Radio 4 financial times wall street journal stiff a lip. Let's just talk serious so there was this thing of actually authenticity transparency we were documenting the work we were doing so we were out building new things for banks we were out doing all of this stuff so I think it's the way that all these things came together we had something to document and talk about we had a capability to do it we're we're very much the same people we are at work as we are outside of work mm. and so we I think we ended up using that um you know like a B to C channel to do B to B marketing and I remember early, some early conversations about it being really difficult for some of the really large consultancies to to do like we were doing because they were not going to be able to swear drink beer and you know talk about their favorite fintechs
1: um in the way that we were just because of the brands that they created i think that authenticity is key isn't it the fact that you can say what you really mean and you have that conversation that everybody's having in the pub but we record it and then there was something about the personalities and the people that can disagree with each other that don't have a party line that you know jason and david still haven't come over to the proper side that apple is evil and google is the right answer for instance just (laughs) throwing it out there um but also we we've never had a studio we didn't start at well what do i need i need the equipment it's what do i need i need the people in the conversation um and we even did a trip to berlin once i seem to recall
0: we did do a trip to berlin and actually as part of those that origin story why don't we bring marco in now so well, you know, one of those stories, Marco, that we why we started. So this is all your fault, right? Like we started <laughs> this. It it's always my fault. Like, isn't like, it? Literally,
1: Marco. Well, yeah. So <laughs> Marco, do you want to
0: give yourself a bit of an introduction before we get into salacious com- nights in pubs, sure. and podcasts
5: and sure. Stuff? Hey, Sarah. Hi, lads. Um My name is Marco. Um, I'm um, I've, I haven't been new to the fintech. Um, uh, I've been working in banking and in fintech for the last twenty years. And, um, uh, last thing, which, which I did was uh, co-founding Solaris Bank. And Solaris Bank, as many of you know, is, uh, is one of the platforms to actually th- uh, thrive the fintech business uh, via a full licensed banking platform with technology and uh, to put things on top of it mm-hmm. in order to make uh, a fintech company to grow faster.
1: And also you're known for being quite passionate and really fun with a beer uh, in your hand. I? Um, anyway. uh, yes, uh, in, 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 in our world you are. Well, that, um, and I think that was the conversation that we, we stood uh, in bank and we were talking about you know just setting the world right, but actually it wasn't just a rant. It was constructive thoughts about what you could do from a proposition standpoint. And that's what really sold it to me.
0: Yeah, so it was me, you. And jason with you marco and philip
5: wasn't it from from yes. solaris bank and
0: uh, was it after innovate finance the uh, no this,
5: no no this uh, the, i remember as it was today or yesterday mm-hmm. we were at the financial services club yes. you were moderating okay and uh, and jason and simon were sitting in the back and we were talking about And i was uh, presenting to the financial services club at solaris bank and, and what our thoughts are about how to change the industry for good and uh, and i saw jason and, and simon just just jumping in the back so you could see their the excitement there's somebody <laughs> not from the island but from the mainland coming talking about the exactly same things and um, and then i remember that afterwards we we went out for a couple of drinks of course we did um <laughs> you got mugged that night i did i uh, did yes, you, you well got, they tried they <laughs> okay, didn't get it <laughs> they tried anyway and then we were in the pub and it always starts in a pub doesn't it it does yeah so with a couple of beers in our hands we were talking about not just having this chat as as you said, the the, the middle-aged white blokes in a pub uh, talking, ranting about everything, but rather just bring it to the next level and you guys uh, just took something out of it.
1: And I think if you go listen to uh, episode uh, 112, um, which is also known as episode 12, um, you'll go back and you'll hear the... um, uh, fintech special we did from berlin with you guys which which to this day i think stands up as a really good episode looking at you know the, the fintech startups in berlin in some of their early days early days of solaris early days of mambo early days of companies that are now much more well known N 26 and 26 yes we talked yeah. to the ceo of n26
0: so what we learned from this if you like the podcast we really appreciate it if you don't then please get in touch with marco and complain it's uh, all his fault uh, and uh, he can take it from there
2: but but i think you know the The podcast has been such a a big part of our our success in other areas of work. You know, the research work we do, the sort of building out ventures for banks. A lot of those conversations have come from people who listen to the podcast Mm. and we end up meeting them. And there's this really weird moment where people uh, talk to you like they know you already because they've been listening to a fair few of the podcasts.
3: Uh, All the time. All the time. People come up to me and go, hi, Sarah. And I look at them and I'm like. I'm so sorry. You're going to have to remind me. And they go, "Oh, we've never met." I just just listened to you all the time on the podcast, and I'm like, "A, that's creepy, and B, how am I supposed to know that?" It's <laughs> always
4: so hard to know where to go from there. From like conversationally, like, "All right, you Thank know you. my voice. Where do we go now?" Well, yeah. well,
0: what we've you know we've said about this a few times, Jason. Before it's like actually like you you know you get all the jokes out here, and then and then it's like when somebody meets you, you are like it's, it's only disappointment for your like, normal because like so
5: never meet your idols. Like. Yeah,
0: so, no, <laughs> if you, if <laughs> Alex and Michael make us sound really smart on the podcast. <laughs> but like in real life we're just normal people this is weird but you've said before like we we get out a, a story and then they're like yeah you've heard we've heard that one move on and it's like oh well that's that's quite harsh but but I agree with that there are a lot of our I put so much of the success of 11fs down to the success of the podcast mm. actually us being able to uh, create that authenticity through this as you guys were just saying and actually not just do it you know when you're starting a company and you've got when we began, like five of us, Mm. there was only so many coffees, there's only so many people we could meet. So doing the podcast and distributing it at scale Uh, just allowed us to kind of create much more of a, and I hate to use the word because I know people think it's wanky, but ecosystem around the things that we're doing Mm. and more like-minded people that sort of think and act and shape like us and really be that, um, you know, that dog whistle for people who uh, have got that disenfranchised middle uh, Mm. management in banking Mm. um, about a better way of doing this. Well,
2: it, it kind of built on that whole Robert Scoble, Microsoft thing that actually smart guy, really engaged, passionate about what he was doing was then talking to a, a broader public mm. and and that move of not having a script that you then stand you know stand up in front and give a speech uh so you know suddenly it's like is your ceo someone you like and and is intelligent and is like comes over well is he because jason is he? <laughs> is he
6: is he jason
1: I can say yes now cut because,
2: this out michael if he says no okay because if they're not this whole uh, era of transparency and authenticity and openness suddenly gets very difficult for them if if they are those kinds of people yeah then it, then it really works in your in your favor
0: Mm. And that's been that's been interesting both for us and guests, hasn't it? Yes. Like guests, some guests coming on, you can see that they're you know very senior people in organisations. But you stick a mic in front of some people and they crumble, don't they? It's been <laughs> been amazing.
3: Yeah, I've, I've definitely had that. Like people who um it's the nerves. They come on and they kind of they sit there and you have a great chat with them, and then you get into the podcast and you do the introduction and as they, as they the just mic go, goes on. <laughs> and it's silence and yeah. trying to get. Like anything out of them is like getting blood out of stone, but you know full well that they've given all their best bits away before we've got well, recording. Well,
0: we, we found that a bunch of times, Simon. It's like there's, there's people who have such range in mm. and like such expression, and then the mic comes on, and, and then, it's then they of, go monotone, yeah, and suddenly
1: all of their personality. But, but, but mass- is that not like, um, you know,
2: people don't start like that, they get to that point it's in their like, career you know, there's suddenly a personality gets sort of, you know, taken out and there's suddenly the corporate voice. And this isn't about having fun. This is about representing the we, the company, the, you know, the bank that hovers there mythically behind your left shoulder, you know, keeping an eye on what you're doing. Um, And also
1: the handlers that come with some people.
0: Yes the amount of PR people that we've had on the podcast with the
7: other people. I want to go back
1: people. to that scaling conversations thing, right? Because if you're a small company and you can't be everywhere like big companies can, especially if you're selling B2B, mm. scaling the conversation with authenticity, being in the ear of your buyer on their commute is, is a superpower that your competition can't have. And it's an unfair advantage. And I think that is something that any small fintech or business can, can absolutely learn and use.
0: Yeah, I, I, well, I think it's, I think it's a real opportunity, but it can be really dangerous for people as well like i, I i'm uh, personally i think blog posts don't get across people's individuality in, in the way that actually hearing somebody talk about something does but if you you know we, we we've often talked about like you know don't go for all full Frankie Boyle. You yeah. Like uh, you, you know who
1: Frankie Boyle is? Google him for the uh, foreign listeners. But he's uh, uh, a comedian known for dark humour.
3: Just don't Google him at work. Yeah,
0: don't do that, yeah. <laughs> Early days, Frankie Boyle, everybody was having a laugh. <laughs> Latter days, with the full beard, you don't even show it at Christmas anymore. Do you, know? like, you just don't even do it. Um, so yeah, there's there's that range of actually, it can be... Uh, it's that sort of, you know, with great power comes great responsibility type thing, you know.
2: But, but it's interesting that while we're talking about, you know, the effects it's had on the business, um, I remember having a conversation at one point where we'd go out and people would go, oh, Levin fs you're the podcast guys. And it's like, wow, we're really not like think talking about what we actually do day to day or or pushing the sales bit. Mm. And I think that's also a, a good point that actually at n- no point did we go, this is a vehicle for us to generate you know, business and cash and everything else. And actually, to, um, I'm sure through that through the first year, uh, we just weren't talking about the kind of thing we were doing day to day. It's like, oh, you know, day to day, I'm creating this new, you know, fintech across the globe, and you see me as a podcast guy.
0: Yeah, but but I think there is something. in There's a lot of fintechs that do do that anyway. Mm. Do do. Um, <laughs> but being in a situation where essentially I that too much, you would you create the brand, you create the community, and then actually you're in a situation where that because really. Like, like, we weren't talking about what we were doing because we just started the comedy. We weren't doing anything other than going, we're trying to run a business. What does it do? So, like, this was kind of, and bizarrely, like, when we, were, when we got a little bit further into it, like, this was just a good excuse given we were all, we were all so busy yeah. to actually just spend a, it was like Sunday lunch. Right? So <laughs> yeah. It was like, everybody came round, we all sat around a table, and we all got together.
5: But listen, there's one point. If you want to to have people listen to you, you have to be entertaining in a certain way, and that's what you guys are. When you, you listen to a lot of other podcasts, and yes, there's information and everything is very nice and fine, but there's the entertainment part missing. And that's when when you were making this reference to to Top Gear. That's exactly it. it's, it's it's part informative, but most about um, enjoyment of um, of the of the doing of this stuff, mm. of uh, talking with each other, and um, and you can see this on panels or somewhere else or in the podcast, if you really enjoy doing that stuff mm. and really uh, throw in the, uh, one or the other joke, it really helps the people mm. to, to get along with it, to, to, to have easy listening but getting the information as well.
1: The other thing I love about that, if you set aside the obvious um, white male privilege of Top Gear and you just look at the metaphor of the show, it's not a show about cars, cars, it's a show about people that love cars. And to me, this isn't a show about fintech, it's a show about people that love fintech and what comes through is the passion.
4: Yes. What about the timing point as well? Because I think, you know, there's real foresight, you know, you guys kind of started, the timing was bang on. And it's not only been successful, Jay, to your point, it kind of took on a life of its own. It's almost what we became known for.
0: Mm. Well, I'd love to say we're strategic geniuses, <laughs> but it just turns out we were very lucky. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I think, you know, back to Jason's point before, it's like actually we did it because there wasn't something we wanted to listen to ourselves. Everything else out there made a subject matter that we're ridiculously passionate about actually really fucking boring. So, like, how can we have a bunch of people who are as passionate as us around to, to to sort of talk about the subject matter. And, and like, to your point, Marco, it's like find crazy people who are crazy passionate about it in the way that we are, like you, uh, and then just get everybody together, throw in some alcohol, see what happens, which is really good fun. <laughs> this part was missing. Yeah, you had to put this in again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, And But I guess when we were starting it, like I can't even remember, and I know for this show, like the beauty of Slack is like literally it indexes and remembers everything. So reading through that thread of us going, we should start a podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. what would that be like? <laughs> and the the name and everything that went with it. Like, can you guys remember why we called it FinTech Insider? I think
1: we wanted to talk to the kind of you want to be a, a, inside that and you want the inside knowledge you want to be in the club. But actually, it was about that sense of community. Mm. I think there was a bit of that going on. Um, but also, it was a Twitter handle that was more or less available. So there was some pragmatic element to it. Um, I don't know, Jay, do you remember? Yeah, more? I think it's that, you know, the people who have the great
2: conversations in the pub yeah. afterwards. It isn't the sitting in the audience, it's being part of. Part of a club, part of a group, part of a you know a tribe, and I think fintech cult. insider, a cult. Ooh, I'm being called worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One letter away. Wait. I think that that um, that tribe thing of uh, fintech insider and actually uh, be- feeling that you're inside that crowd mm. was was part of what it was about yeah. because. You know, I, I'd been working banking for a few years, and I'd still read articles or listen to podcasts and not understand some of the terminology. It almost seemed like it was a professionalization, professionalizing wall that was keeping me out. So to to, to try and do something where someone mentioned a term and you're like, oh, "What is that?" By the way, um, I think just
0: democratized in some way. And what about the theme tune? Like the, the, yeah. the, the theme tune is not only the theme tune, it's my phone's ringtone still, (laughs) which is good fun. But we had a lot of
1: fun coming up with the the theme tune, right? Generally, when people hear it for the first time, they find it offensive. And yet, for the people that have been listening to it for a long time, it could never be anything else, and it's become weirdly iconic. There are... Definitely slack messages where Jason discovers the website premiumbeat.com and goes, What about this? What about that? And then David and I get giddy school child about what about this? Oh my god, it could I be. Think, I think the, the company lost like half a day
2: at least of uh, productivity. <laughs> yeah. While suddenly it was like uh, oh actually, Audacity, we could layer on like a couple of tr- audio tracks. What about these jingles? And suddenly yeah. it was ping-pong between David and Simon as to what to get. Yeah. But but the good th- and I mean again, another one of those key points is while it was half a day by the end of that half a day we'd found the website been through a whole load of tunes selected some paid i forget how much it was ten dollars something like for a uh, for two 30 second like stings and a couple of other bits i learned what a sting was it was great. <laughs> yeah. and then and then we'd Put those on, and I remember do it, sort of doing that on Audacity and thinking, wow, this is, this is pro-level stuff now. Like free software and $10 of
1: jingle, we are up there, yeah. and still not a studio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the, the theme tune we have today wasn't the only options we went through. There were um, many other options. And it's probably worth us listening to a few of those now. Would you like to hear them? <laughs> I want to.
1: natural reactions to some of those were brilliant So I'll try and, I'll try and cover some of them uh, the last one sounds a bit like a Booper advert there was one that sounds a bit like an apocalyptic rave, I was listening to a lot of the Tron soundtrack by Daft Punk at the time so please don't hurt me um, and the guys remember the one that goes bitoo, bitoo, bitoo that was kind of the one that I thought was going to be the show. Now, I played that for Haley, and she was like, no, that,
0: that's never <laughs> going to be it. The, the theme tune is the theme tune. I think that Tron one, we need to we need to figure out a way of using that because that's that's pretty cool, right? I've been
2: watching this um, amazing little like YouTube uh, series called, I think it's Four Producers, One Sample, and they take one sample and they get these music producers working on this thing in order to, to make all kinds of uh, tunes. I think we
1: need some music producers to to redo our jingle what about that well there was a version of the fintech inside a theme tune that was done with bagpipes once Uh, if we have that we'll play it
6: (laughs)
0: So if you guys like any of those better, now's the time to tell us. Just like, you know, we're going through that sort of mid-series crisis. We might, we might have to change this up. But Sarah, like, roll your mind back to your very first one. It wasn't the room that we're in today, but it wasn't very far from here, was it? No, it was well,
1: actually a pre-record, wasn't it? the first one you oh,
3: the very the very one i yeah. ever did was um what we would now call a cutaway um i guess and it was i was commenting on a story about money farm partnering with uber mm. and i at the time I was working for business insider intelligence and i'd written a newsletter briefing on it um and i got this email in my inbox it was from simon just saying hey we do a podcast we'd like to talk to you about your story and i went to my boss and i was like should i do this thing is this a thing and he was like yeah, it's probably fine. <laughs> he regrets that decision now.
0: Well, I, I um, think, I think almost immediately after you did that interview, I got a Slack message from Simon went, I've just talked to this lady. She's so smart. We need to get her in the room. So. Yeah. Um, and then you came on the podcast proper.
3: Yeah. So um, I looked at, looked at my first episode was um, show two thirty. And it was like March, nearly exactly two years ago. Okay. Um, wow. So. That is scary. hey, scary that has gone so quickly. You know, what's even more scary is looking at the pictures from that one. I'm like, God, I've aged. <laughs>
5: (laughs)
2: Haven't we all? (laughs) But there is a good thing around guests, though, both people who've been regulars who are, to Marco's point, like you have to be entertaining, witty, to have like a positive outlook on life. And knowledgeable at the same time. It's that it's that combination that, that you're looking for, together with like the special guests. And and early on, when no one had heard of you, there was no way you were going to get someone important on. And we did that classic like I think ladders, you know, yeah. You you did that classic laddering thing of well, we've had so and so on. It's like oh well, maybe we can get. To, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you were working your way up the the kind of fintech banking social hierarchy of uh, oh Ashok's been on.
0: Okay, now now we just about get everyone exactly. Exactly. it was it definitely was that mm. i was a uh, ceo part-time talent agent for a little <laughs> while it was, so it was quite amazing but uh, but it was fun doing that because essentially the momentum that you gathered on it mm. you know now we have no problems with that people mm. will kind of proactively come to us and send us press releases and go can we come on and talk about this thing mm. whereas before it was like people did not know like Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, you were like, who are these guys? You know?
3: Yeah. I mean, it was, um, and I did that, did that first one that I came in here and did it. I was absolutely terrified. And they kept trying to give me a glass of wine. And I was like, I don't want a glass of wine. I've got to be like, very careful what I say on this. Like, I don't know who's going to listen. Who was that? Um, Sarah Kachan. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
6: Young Y'all you. A glass of wine. <laughs>
3: um, and there was another gentleman on the podcast with me. And about halfway through, he just, he wasn't engaging very much. And I was like, I've just got so much to say. I'm just going to go for it. And then <laughs> the second half of the show, you can hear I suddenly sort of go. Bleh. And um, I think the, the episode was named after like one of my quotes, which was like, I'm going to have a proper fintech geek moment. And from then onwards, I was like, yeah, I, I get with, I get with, on with these guys, like people in my company don't really get this. They're, they don't understand it. Oh, you got
1: see it um, out and the, and the rest
0: was history. Well, the dangers of the podcast, right? And, yeah. and you've done a lot on here. So you've hosted 40 shows, you've guested on 16 and your first show was 230. That is pretty yeah. damn impressive. But
3: that doesn't include the blockchains and the insure techs either. It is. So I've, um, I've diversified my portfolio. Indeed. I spread <laughs>
0: that risk. Yeah. Take notes. Fintech nerd joke win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Gallagher, you were the last of us to join this but you've been like terry wogan and it up everywhere
4: haven't you so much fun the terry wogan of fintech i really hope that sticks i don't think we're quite there yet so if let's we just keep... keep saying it in this episode yeah yeah keep, every keep every pushing it forwards, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe a t-shirt oh let's do a t-shirt actually the 11fs shop's just gone live as well that's perfect sorry
1: that
4: right? com. Uh, <laughs> yeah um so i just had a look my first episode was January last year, so January 2018. So even that just seems like so long ago. Mm. From memory, I think um, Simon pulled out last minute. I was like the last opportunist in the office. And <laughs> <laughs> just kind of went, all right. Well, you, boy. Yeah. yeah. You, come you podcast. Over there. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Free? Exactly. And I, I only. Yeah, they do. They still do. I had only started the November before, so you know, just in the door, they were like, "All right, come on." And then eight um, weeks into the the company, we were like, "You boy, we're going to make you a star." Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, That's how they pitched it to you. That's how they pitched it. That is exactly how David pitched it. Um, (laughs) And yeah, no, Sarah, to your point, I mean, I do remember just walking in and kind of, you know, we've got it now as well. But like the wires and the mics, and it does it does unsettle you a little bit because Uh, it's just it's not what you expect. Yeah.
1: So I remember somebody saying after the episode. Ross g was really quiet for the first half of the show and then the second half was himself
3: it's clearly a trend it's like, yeah. clearly what happens yeah. like, you warm up
1: but then my favorite bit is when you were asked to read out your how can people get hold of you what did you say instead of uh
4: i so i listened to this on one of um the promo videos for one of the after Darks um just today and because my email address looks like a typo like yeah. it's ROSSG at 11fs.com it's not something grown up and sophisticated like Ross gallagher at 11fs.com so i felt well i better go i better go full phonetic so it says ross g at 11fs.com or rossger at which point jason's eyebrows pricked up just like they did now yeah. <laughs> and he went rossger and I was like yeah that, that's that going to stick was a
3: really tiny room as well wasn't it and yeah, it was tiny. really hot i think <laughs> i was i was like pressed up against the glass yeah. between the table it was
1: and from that moment, your name is now gh. Yeah. It's it, that, that's how on people everything. walk over to your desk and go,
4: Hey Gh. Yeah. And you'll respond to that. Yeah, I've lost I haven't only I haven't only lost the Gallagher. I've now I, I have lost the Roth. So it's just gh. <laughs> it's yeah. just a syllable, it's just a sound.
3: And how do you spell g?
4: Well, so what's, what's what? your email
3: address? Is my question. Oh yeah, okay. So
4: Ross G U H yeah. at elevenfs So we've gone full finesse. <laughs>
0: wow, we aim to please it. this. Yeah, <laughs> aliases on emails It's a lot of fun. It is. Ross
1: Gut does real work and has done well with clients. So I just want to point that out. Like, he really knows his stuff. <laughs>
0: it's um, it's an interesting one that you pointed out about the mics because it's a Like we, you know, we said you put a mic in front of somebody, but like the the mics and like the pop shields that we've kind of got now, another fancy word i knew now that i didn't know 300 episodes ago the lower you know, what one of these was. sits in front of the microphone exactly um but just this is quite an intimidating thing for people isn't it so i do think there 100%. is like a 40 minutes into it you start getting a bit more relaxed about it it's either that or we we always say it's like peak of humankind is like a point not and, quite two drinks exactly. <laughs> yeah. a pint
3: point eight. 1.5 drinks for yeah. the peep show is peep show sketch or is yes, it yeah yeah it
1: was, uh, yeah, it was uh, i thought it was Mitchell and Webb Mitchell Webb okay
0: but yeah, actually, at that point, you're used to this, you're used to that, and then the blah,
4: blah and the rest is history. <laughs> and, you, and you've got that habit; it's almost like a reflex of you know leaning in to the mic when you, you go to say something. And you have something. to learn
3: the kind of like slight tilt of the head where your face stays still, but you can make eye contact. You're with looking the at the person all the side. time.
1: Making our sound it is very happy by never ever hitting the table if you can avoid it, <laughs> and always phones on silent. And yes, but, but we should we should actually put the equipment that
2: we use in the show notes this week, actually, because I'm sure someone is going to be interested in like what did we go through because we started with those like little zoom recorders and then we've moved up to god knows what but it seems like it's half a mile of uh, of cable on the, the <laughs> table is. now with it clifford
1: is. the big
0: red box as well and it's mostly been me spending money on amazon which has been <laughs> fun but, and, and the, i think you know Simon, you've made this point a little bit before about it isn't about like we didn't start with this you know we've got four cameras going and, like, six mics and, you know, a mixer and all sorts of stuff. You know, we started with what we wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. and then we worked back from there um, so, you know, all of the kit that we've got now is incrementally bought as we went along. Because so, we were skinned at the beginning when we started 11 Effects, right?
1: And, and compare that with um, a story I know about where there is an organization that asked the same question, um, you know, should we do a podcast? And then they said, oh, how do you do a podcast? Well, you need a room and you need the equipment. Uh, and then we've got to think about approvals. And then we've got to go to marketing and we've got to go to PR. And it, it is really a metaphor for where you start as a very different place when you've got no money and you can only focus focus on the conversation and and hacking it out there versus when you have a lot of money and a lot of decision-makers, you tend to start focusing on who needs to approve this versus what matters. And I think there's something about pushing through the embarrassment as well. Because
2: those early, because one other way of doing this is, even if we'd have just got simple equipment, we could have scripted these things to within an inch of their life. I mean, we could have just spent hours rehearsing, taking multiple takes, doing it over and over again.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and that would have just made them too much effort. We'd have given up at some point. So we took the route of do a lot really badly to start off with, and eventually you get better.
0: Yeah, we meant to do it really badly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was my plan. But, but, but I to course. a point of where it was embarrassing just to listen back. The it number really is. of ums and ers, and you know the 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 things that you say where you are like,
0: oh wow. Yeah, but you've got to you've got to grow to love the ers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> love the ers. Uh, 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 you only create the space for magic to happen if you are not scripted. The better if you are thinking, you are stinking. Like you've got to be in. <laughs>
3: Yeah. oh my god that's, i was just going to say and how, what about our blooper reels that's gold dust for this year's blooper reel
1: I, that, that's kind of my mo right uh, but but that's the thing like if you're not willing to have egg on your face and say stupid stuff like that then you're never going to have the insights either you're only going to have the smart thing you thought about when you thought about it but actually sometimes the best comment is the off-the-cuff comment
5: and i think it's um, you, you shoot this in one go right mm. this is, there's uh, very little post-production is there
1: yeah no, I mean Alex does work hard to take out particularly stupid things. But we
6: leave a lot the of them, <laughs> yeah.
0: okay. or, or when I drop something where uh, we're probably going to get sued, like, <laughs> that bit gets taken out pretty quickly. Well, thankfully, uh, some stuff yes, but I mean what you hear
1: is the conversation flowing, from, yeah. uh, and with with a couple of bits snipped out either for time or because actually somebody was like eh, that wasn't really a great point or whatever. Or, or I hit two points and I need a p pee like that.
0: Yeah, ha- that happens quite a lot, and we have to pause it slowly. Like the it. but, but it is? Is that- <laughs> (laughs) similarity
2: with you know with the startup approach with the the products that we end up building for clients. Yes. It's about actually creating something and iterating where you know it's not great. It is that, uh, is it Reid Hoffman quote about if you, you know, launch a product and you're not embarrassed about mm, it, you've then, you've, you've then you've it's launched too late. Too late yeah. uh, but that, takes, that really takes um, it out of you when you're, you're putting stuff out there that you just know isn't good, but you know you're going to keep at it and it will get better, but not get better because you're spending a week working out what you're going to say just because you do it more.
3: So do you want some stats? Because I love stats, you know me. I
1: love stats. Hit it.
3: All right. So we've got recorded in 11 countries, nine after darks, three money 2020s, two slush and zero cons. That sounds like a food order, two slush <laughs> and zero cons. Um, I'll have some fries with that, please. Yeah. One TCF. 425 guests. Whoa. I don't know. Does that include me? Am I technically a guest? I
0: guess I would one, You would have been, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, listen to in over 182 countries around the world. There can't be many we're missing.
0: No. We, like I feel like we should collect them all.
2: are yeah. like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness.
3: I'm just feeling about the If anyone the knows anyone in Antarctica, <laughs> yeah. then
2: let us know. <laughs>
3: just think about our COO's nervousness. If I say we want to go to South Korea or North Korea <laughs> or China <laughs> to record a show. Uh, yes. Um, uh, shout out, Tank. We have... Two sister shows, Insure Tech Insider, my little baby, and Blockchain Insider. We have thousands and thousands of hours of recording time and bloopers, and actually, Michael, our sound editor, probably has an only like thousands of hours of secret files that he could use against <laughs> us. That are things that have come out
4: yeah, of the. I, 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 think, I think the guys have actually typically been quite kind to us all on those bloopers. Yeah, shows. I think yeah.
3: so. Um, and I don't even want to count how many beverages have been consumed. Like, if you add up the plastic pint glasses we've been through over the over the years, we've probably filled a landfill on our own. <laughs> That's not good. is um, I feel
0: like we haven't done our bit for like you know recycling on that point. Really.
3: Yeah, we should work on that. We let's should get some. Branded beer, beer cups or beer glasses. Um, can we take a look at some highlights as well? Let's do it.
0: Good afternoon. My name is David Bury. Welcome to the very first Fintech Insider. We're really glad for you to join us today and we've got a really good show ahead.
1: So, what's exciting you when you're getting up in the morning these days and coming into the office? Why this
2: podcast? Okay. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, no, we're, 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 little engine that code we growing. <laughs> I'm Laura
8: Watkins today, and I'm stepping up for International Women's Day. I'm making Ross my Fintech Insider news.
4: 11fs.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, yeah. I'm Sam
5: Maul. I represent you, the US. You know, Somebody has to. Welcome to
1: Fintech Insider Live, ladies and gentlemen. give yourselves a round of applause for being here. Woo!
2: It's just just not surreal to everyone. I mean, it's driving rain outside, it's cold, it's zero degrees, and here we are in a beach with pina coladas in the middle of
1: Helsinki. So we've got some guests, we've got an audience. Question is, audience, are you ready I'm here with Ashok Faswani, the CEO of Barclays UK. Thank you for joining us on Fintech Insider.
5: Thank you, Simon. Great to be with you.
1: Ashok, so great that you could join us on the show today. We
5: touch 24 million customers in the UK. So 63 million people. If you humor me and say 15 million less than 15 years of age, that leaves 48. We touch one out of every two people in the UK. Now, that's an awesome position to be in right
0: my name is david breer from 11fs and today i'm delighted to talk with andy Maguire. and you've got a pretty short job title but a very impressive one you're the coo globally for hsbc that's right tell us a
6: bit. so for
5: that. us open banking is a ma- we see it as a massive opportunity some people see it as a threat i don't think that that's right um i think we really need to press on with it um In our home markets, Hong Kong and the UK, Mexico, like that, but, but every, everywhere. We have a relatively small share actually in lots, in lots of the markets we operate in. So at one level, not surprisingly, we're, we're almost an attacker. So if, if our digital stuff is as good as we think it is and we can make it open, then. We should win just as much as any fintech. Yeah. So that'd be cool. So
0: FS, and today I'm delighted to be here with Rajesh Agrawal. Thank you very much for joining us. You're the Deputy Mayor of London for Business. That's a pretty impressive job title you've got there.
9: I believe in building bridges and not walls, uh, unlike uh, some other people. Uh, so I think we need to reach out. London is a global city and we are the fintech capital of the world. Our tech industry is very growing. We are the largest tech ecosystem in Europe as well. So it's only right that we actually work with other cities around the world and build bridges and making sure we make it easier for entrepreneurs from here Uh, to work with other countries.
0: The the industry I work in, financial services, we're massively underrepresented from a gender perspective. And I think that's, you know, it's a legacy thing. It's how careers have grown up. It's expectations of careers. It's traditional hierarchical structures. It's quite a male-dominated environment. I think when I look back on when I started, you know, I was largely gender blind for the early part of my career. And then by the time I was getting to MD level, I sort of looked around and all the women had gone. And you suddenly go, where? gosh, how did that happen? And the way I always describe it, it's almost like it's the asbestos in the walls as you go. You've got to address it at all
3: levels. But to your point, you've. We to- are here at the Urban Sciences Building of Newcastle University, speaking to a bunch of people from the university, Atom Bank, and the one and only Will I Am about AI, trust, and financial inclusion.
9: The people that store data have more money than the people that store everyone's money. It's true, (laughs) it's very true. So that's the first time ever that free is more powerful than something you pay for. But that's not forever. Because to do that, they had to take something away from people, and that is knowledge, people's whereabouts, their interests, their psychological makeup the facial expressions, the emotions, the things that affect them when you look on your phone and there's a, damn, there's a camera there. Uh Um, But how do we, how we got here is just ignorance. How we got here was, you know, access Um, and no one ever reading
0: the contracts, but that's not forever. Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. My name is David Breer, and today I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Michael Roos, who is the CCO at Klarna. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Like, when an elephant starts running, you can't stop it, Mm. right? The challenge is getting the elephant to run in the first place. It's very true, yeah. Right?
2: Uh, And I think the analogy I still use, if you can be big and fast, I mean, it's an incredibly powerful Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special Fintech Insider Interviews. Today, David Brewer and I have the absolute pleasure of talking to an absolute legend, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary, thanks for joining us. It's amazing to to meet you.
9: Thanks for having me. uh, When you're a big-ass company and you have all those resources, you should not fail. Mm. You fail because the leader navigates this big boat into an iceberg. That iceberg is called audacity, lack of giving a fuck only worried about your stock options, not actually caring about the business because you're only going to be there for four years, not being smart in the trenches because you've become too fancy schmancy, politics, worried about your board and not your customer, and a million other things I could do here for the rest of this podcast.
1: Uh, There's also somebody else, if you're watching the video, that you may see in the room with me that's not on a laptop but is here in person, the one and only Vitalik Buterin. Vitalik, how are you, sir?
5: I'm good too. What a coincidence. Sure. <laughs> so, um, I guess just as an introduction, proof of stake is a, a different kind of a consensus mechanism to proof of work. So, proof of work is a way in which the uh, computers that make, uh, make up the uh, Bitcoin network and the Ethereum network and many other crypto networks kind of talk to each other and agree on what messages to process in what order. And uh, the way proof of work, you can think of it as a uh, kind of sort of voting mechanism where, you know, one unit of computing power, one vote. Like, that's a huge oversimplification, but it's kind of an okay way to think about it. Proof of stake replacement.
3: Welcome to FinTech Insider. It's a Starling takeover. Coming to you live from Starling's new offices in Finsbury Square, I'm Megan Kaywood, Chief
5: Platform Officer, joining me from...
0: Hey guys, we're recording live tonight from the Monzo headquarters here in London. For those guys who don't know, Monzo is one of the new challenger banks coming to the UK. They're not only building a new bank, they're building all of their technology, all of their core systems, as well as an amazing experience for their
2: customers. Welcome to Fintech Insider.
1: This week, it's the FCA takeover. Woo! Wow. And today, we're recording live... You'll get there, my friend. But we are buzzing today. Um, your coffee might not have you fully buzzing, but by the end of this show, you definitely will be, because we've been taken over by Pension B. That's it. It's the Pension so B got a bit over. of a Ryder Cup format. Team USA versus Team Rest of the World. We're going to have one heck of an F in debate, and this is going to be a... Well, it's going to be a real world series, like a, a world series with the rest of the world involved. It's going to be fun.
3: Sam, Simon... Please prepare your, your opening remarks. Your topic is building a bank. When, where, and how to build the digital bank of the future. Sam, you're up first. You have 90 seconds and 90 seconds only to make your opening.
1: All of this and more on today's extra special after dark episode of FinTech Insider News. <laughs> All this and more on today's extra special Valentine's episode of FinTech Insider After Dark. All this and more on today's extra special Christmas After Dark episode of Fintech Insider News. All this and more on today's extra special birthday edition of Fintech Insider After Dark.
3: All this and more on today's extra special transatlantic episode of Fintech Insider After Dark.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fintech Insider After Dark. This is the place that this all begun for us, which is kind of weird, you know, like literally the, the room around the corner that we started the first podcast in doesn't exist anymore. <music> All right. Well, that was a fun trip down memory lane there. Lots of uh, lots of fun uh, fun talks that we had with those people. But obviously none of this is actually possible without you guys. Our amazing listeners who have been tuning into this from many of you from the start, which is a real sort of uh, accolade for us and we I have to say the the reaction that we get from people both in terms of uh, on social media or randomly in the street is like actually the thing that kind of motivates us to keep moving moving forwards on this and keep doing it um because it's a lot of time out of our of, of our week that we we do to to put along this and as much as it's it's fun if we weren't getting the the uh the impact out of the activity that we were doing we wouldn't have done this um so thank you so much for everybody in listening and thank you this week particularly for sending in the questions that you have for us um first up we have one from nigel walsh good old nigel walsh there
3: yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's a listener so much as a co-host at this point.
0: Yes, Well, I think he's both. On InsureTech Insider, Nigel is our, our co-host, but he sent in a couple of questions as well. So uh, are you where you expected to be when you kick this off huh. in July 2016? Well, given that we're in the exact same room that we started it in, <laughs> we've sort of come from somewhat full circle on that. But what about you guys? What do you think? Like, did we really think it was going to be a thing or did we just go, Let- this sounds like a laugh, let's do it? it's
2: that classic thing we talk to clients about. It's the sort of clouds and dirt thing. I think we all had big aspirations for what we wanted 11FS to be. Otherwise, we just wouldn't have done it. You know, it was never going to be a lifestyle business. It did, you know, we saw that there was a gap in the market, something we really wanted to do. So, you know, we we had... Big, big aspirations and big plans but then ultimately were we concerned about what where we were going to be in year one year two I think it was the focusing on this week this month and you know and really drive on So, so in some respects I feel like we're you know we're really along the path that we set that I feel you know very blessed to be on uh, on the other hand I think a lot of it has just been looking at the next step taking the next step moving along and not really thinking about well in year two where do we expect to be
1: hmm. yeah same I have ridiculous dreams um one foot in front of the other um the thing that's probably surprised me the most is um things like after dark the fact that mm-hmm. three four hundred people will show up to watch us record a live podcast that to me has really blown my mind or the fact that we've had C- ceos wanting to come on our show um but we've done that in an authentic way and they changed their style to be on our show rather than the other thing um and and as much as anything i think that has been uh, been really cool in a time where fintech's grown up and and we've been uh, been lucky to document that journey of not only london fintech but global so gratitude doesn't even begin to um, express how
6: i feel
3: i think just to go back to jason's point as well the fact that we have fans i still find it very strange like i mean it's a amazing but we we have people who come to the shows because not necessarily because they want to network or because they want to learn but just because they love us and i'm always i've always found that very bizarre but amazing at the same time (laughs) yeah (laughs) all
0: right next up we have a question from gary fagan who has been a massive sort of proponent of ours over the last couple of years in terms of getting sort of word out there and support so thank you very much for everything that you've done gary uh his question is what's the biggest success that we've had at 11fs So is it Pulse? Is it Foundry? Is it something else?
1: Well, I'm going to ask you that question.
0: Um, I love all of my children equally. (laughs) Um, I don't think any of them is um, standing out from any of the other ones, not because none of them are uh, are doing good things, but because they're all being crazy successful in terms of where they're going. So, you know, Pulse is now um you know major enterprise deals to to distribute this across uh, really big organizations we've got uh, 11fs consultancy building banks globally in the us and in africa in china in the U- uh, uk and we've got foundry that might just be bigger than everything else combined so for me it's you know i love all my kids equally i'm never going to pick a favorite but it feels like um the connecting of tissue between each of these things that we're doing means that we can do anything. And I think that's it's the because
1: bit. it's coherent. Um, and when you look at it from a distance, it doesn't feel coherent. But actually, the closer you get to it, the more coherent and, and sensible it becomes.
0: And I, and I think the, the, the thing that I, I sort of love to a certain degree is that we can do anything and do. Because actually we're in a situation where there's going to be gaps in this, that there's things that we know now already that are other business lines that we want to pursue and we will do because we can. You know, there's no kind of corporate bullshit governance saying that's not the thing we do and we can't do it. Therefore, we'll go and make it happen. And I think this is
5: uh, you asked last week on LinkedIn what um, what people think what uh, what 11FS actually is. And I don't know how much answers you got to this. Um, a lot, I, lot, lot, I uh, guess. <laughs> I was actually thinking of sending my ideas, uh, but I thought, like, okay, no, let's, let's keep it as it is. Because if you define something too much, you, you're just putting boundaries in there, which you then have to break up again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why not uh, putting boundaries, talking about walls? no, That's a common theme nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, not putting walls in the first place, then you don't have to push them right so that's why I like the idea of actually not saying what you guys are, but having all those different things like foundry like the pulse uh, like the the insiders and so on so on and so forth just go on with that and see where it goes hmm. don't I, give it a name
2: I think the thing around us sort of the coherence of offerings like how do we know some things 11 effects or not how do we know that this product or service doesn't fit is about um, actually less about being defined within a, a particular type of organization like a consultancy and more about point of view you know ultimately at the center of almost everything it's this belief that people have taken these analog products they've created digitized versions of them but there's this big step into the truly digital and you're seeing that happen in the retail sort of high street you're seeing it happening in all kinds of different areas of life but there's a big difference between digitizing something um you know putting a uh, a, a photo well putting a digitized front page of a newspaper onto an ipad and then the the truly digital news you know it's not selling albums on iTunes, an album on itunes it's spotify and what does that mean for financial services yeah. and ultimately whether it's pulse consulting research i think that that viewpoint of we're not here just to do a little incremental movement but we're looking over the wall and there is this barrier within organizations uh I think that's actually the
0: core of what we do. Absolutely. And it's the, the execution of that. Yeah. And digital is not just technology. No. It's mindset. Yes. Completely. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, next up, we have a question from Mr. Simon Vanskalina. You keep saying that fintech is only 1% finished. Is it a coincidence that I've been on 1% of the shows?
3: Is he gunning for a co-host job? <laughs>
0: Mate, I don't know. Does, he, does that mean he wants to come on no more because he doesn't want to tip it over 1%? <laughs> or, or
3: does he want to do the absolute opposite and come on every episode from now on in?
0: Oh, well, Simon's a very smart guy. I'd happily have him on every episode. So,
2: but, but I guess like people do ask that quite often. The 1% done, are you sure it's not more than that or this, that and the other? And again, getting back to the previous point about mindset, it wasn't about it being a, a quantitative you know, uh, number backed up by reams of research. <laughs> It was actually about it being a mindset. If you think it's 99% done, then you're just polishing what came before. You're just incrementally adding on the last little bit. If you think it's 1% done... Whether it is or not, it just fundamentally changes the way you think about what you're building, because you don't assume that it's finished and therefore we're just adding things on. You're looking expansively.
0: It it is funny that, though, we have had a few people over the years, haven't we, go, what's the methodology (laughs) behind the 1% finished and how is that being calculated? And we're like... No, no, no. Like it's the a irony. Yeah. <laughs> Is this
2: a new character for the show, Mr. Analyst? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I got all nasal,
0: didn't I? Sorry. All right. Next up we have a question from Valentina Christensen. Um, uh, what would your dream project be? Outside of anything that you worked on before, what would be the one thing you would want to do? Ross?
4: Gosh, good question. Um, I mean, we're doing so much cool stuff already. I think, you know, like, you know, the the sort of mission statement. With 11FS, what sort of resonates with me most is the bit about for the good of sort of people, for the good of society. And, you know, I've I've written some blogs in the past around um, financial inclusion, financial literacy, probably something that plays in that space. Um, But where you can really scale that to have a mass impact.
0: Nice. You know, I I definitely believe that because essentially the thing that we try and bring into stuff is startup passion is based on belief in the mission. So actually, if you don't believe in the thing that you're doing and you're doing it for somebody else, it's very difficult to like put all your, you know, put everything into that. Um, You know, we've had a meeting this morning with an organization about a proposition that we deeply believe in therefore we came out of the meeting skipping you know and it's like we really want to do this you know so it's um it's nice to have that purpose-driven stuff yeah. isn't it
4: and what was amazing earlier about what what jason said about you know this was never going to be a lifestyle business it's not a lifestyle business in terms of how we how it runs the success that we've had but in that sense how we all sort of feel and the passion that we have it does sometimes feel like a lifestyle business. yeah it is a way of life
3: can I say mine? Because everybody knows what it's going to be anyway.
4: Oh, is it Australia?
3: Yeah, how did you guess? Yeah, no. <laughs> My dream project is for them to finally let me go down and start the 11FS offices in Sydney or any other Australian city. I'd take another one.
0: My I like, it was 50-50. It was going to be Australia or some sort of winery of some description. <laughs> winery where you get to fall in
1: love in with markets. in Australia. So, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I see the
3: thing is, I, I, I don't drink any more wine than you guys drink beer. It's just because I'm the only one who drinks wine that it gets called out. <laughs>
0: I, I mean, we have a problem You're a too, but. Yeah. Oh, Go. I know there's a thing. But. How about you, David?
1: What's the dream?
0: um i don't think much different from the stuff that we're doing now like i i think we're we are we are living our dream which is fantastic like I, I feel like the stuff that we are doing is because we've earned the opportunity to do it and therefore whether it's the whether it is foundry whether it is pulse and the products that we wanted to do since we were young and you know looking sprightly on the podcast <laughs> um but um but no so I, I don't think honestly i don't think i'd change anything from what we're doing right now
2: okay um Well, I'm working on something at the moment, which is, I know I've got to be quite, you know, vague about it. Can we not say? No. Come on, Jason, Um, say But uh, it's basically around behavioural finance, because I think that that is the future of where financial service is going. No one wants to be educated. You know, there's plenty of materials around to be educated, yet people are spending way more than they should. They're, you know, loading up on debt. They're not saving for the future, not building pensions, not saving... And those things aren't because they know that they shouldn't. It's just because behaviorally, it just doesn't make sense. We just get those thrills from buying now. seeing a, We see a big number in our bank account. We spend that money. Away we go. So, so for me, the structure around not making it a hardship to spend, but actually rewarding emotionally, like behaviorally, uh, the right behaviors, structuring uh, money in ways that people think about it, uh, leads to some really interesting directions and, and that's that's something we're
1: doing a lot more of and uh, that's what's really exciting me at the moment. Uh, I guess to round it out, uh, there's a bunch for me. I think the fact that there could be many is is the biggest thing. The fact that uh, it's not just one thing, there could be many things. I've got several itches to scratch. Uh, I think there's there's something to be done around um, savings and investments and sustainability. I think that's not really been done properly yet. I think uh, how somebody feels about their future and how somebody feels about investing and how somebody feels about the the world they live in hasn't really been nailed. There are some bright sh- Sparks out there, but if I look at what um, you know, the popularity of Acorns and Robinhood in the US, but with an ESG angle, I think there's there's really something interesting in that. Uh, I think I've got an itch to scratch in all of corporate and investment banking. Like that's uh, that's not one percent finished. That's not percent finished. Uh, there's it's in basis points. It's maybe even in pips at this point. <laughs> so there's there's loads to do there, starting with FX. But there's a whole bunch of stuff to do. Thank and of course, you. at some point in the next twenty years, maybe I'll do a thing with blockchain as well. <laughs> got a lot of
0: itches i'd like uh, man, I, I guess i, like, I get some cream for that i, I was gonna
1: say i need some chamomile lotion <laughs> like dermatologist yeah. there's
5: Isn't so it? much to do all <laughs> right
0: next up we have a question from mr ali patterson so would you ever do a throwback fintech inside a new show i.e like on this day back in 1992 hsbc did such and such that would be fun right like almost like themed episodes like financial crisis that would be hilarious Yeah, you know, i
2: think that um i mean we've had uh date birch on a Couple of uh,
0: episodes, which is essentially like, which is a historian. <laughs> yeah.
2: But there is something about learning from what came before. FinTech has a very short attention span. It's always now, but you know, people were facing into a lot of these things when, when they introduced the credit cards in the US. How did those things come about? When loans, when, you know, when shares and stocks first happened in Renaissance Italy, like there's, there is something that interests me about that, the the fundamentals of how these things have grown that would be interesting.
0: Oh, those episodes would be hilarious, wouldn't they? I'm coming to you from 1532.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I would be so up for that one. Yeah,
0: would be great, wouldn't History it?
3: student in the room, yeah. like, yeah, send me back.
0: Yeah, like olden day Rome like yeah, this could be amazing if we can actually start doing it on location as well,
2: well I'm least just at least just having like the sound of the foley sound effects yeah. of yeah. like a farmyard or a castle yeah or like something. one
3: of those waxwork castles where they have like the smells and the wax figurines breaking, breaking the no I, I want
0: to go to Rome like we're yeah, we gonna go do, to do this on premise like all right uh, next up we have uh, the last question so this is from Mr. Ryan EP um, how do we know when we get to 2% finished oh the question I've been asked a million times before I think you'll know because we'll stop doing the podcast
1: yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i pfft. yeah,
2: I mean as again, it's not the percentage, it's the mindset, so are we really tied to it being one percent you know this, this the The idea came from facebook like way back in the day i did a a sort of a project there and they had um they have all kinds of stickers they do um sort of change management by by mantra or by meme and so you've seen move fast and break things is that really about breaking things no it was about the fact that engineer the engineers they had were just so uh engaged with delivering perfection that it just slowed everything down so they had to correct that so they bought in this this meme and there was another meme there about you know facebook being 1% done and again, why was that? It was because they'd become the de facto social network. They were out there with you know millions and millions of people using the thing, and they didn't want to go to senescence, get to this point where suddenly they were going to like ramp down and well we're finished we're just adding a little bit you know little bit on. so I think that that whole point is is really not about the number, but about again like where do you think this is going to go is Is a current account a current account it's been the same, and it will be the same forever or actually is there, is the the ability to do so much more for those end customers such to the point where you know it just fundamentally changes what that thing's about
0: i agree yeah. and we're never going to get to two percent we're never yeah. going to move forward and also you remind me that i want a sticker thing for the office like so we need to get on that next anyway moving on so um i think that probably wraps up the questions that we had come into us um but we really appreciate you guys getting in touch again we really appreciate the support that you've given us and before we wrap up we want to talk about a few of our highlights so um there's so many right there's so many fun things not just like having fun conversations with people but actually like everything that goes around the show as well um simon what's your highlight over the last 300 episodes
1: impossible to pick if i had to pick one it's when a bank um gave us beers in the middle of the day in their premises because that was the thing that you're supposed to do when you come on fintech insider to me that was a that was a subtle sign that the culture is shifting in financial services and we're, were a part of that journey um so to me that was huge um but the big thing is there's many episodes the way you go back and you can learn where i learned things l- listening back to the podcast more than when i was in it that also is huge uh, interviews with tom blomfeld interviews uh, the gdpr episode all of those sorts of things where i, I learned stuff hmm. jay uh i think it's been the
2: people that i've met and going into other startups, you know, the the trip to TransferWise, to see Rishi Oak North, to meet uh, Rod Drury, who's the founder of uh, Zero and also a listener. Hey, Rod, if you're listening, um, who's just such a nice guy and so humble about such a big sort of platform that he's built. Uh, so Ricky at Tandem, like all of these sort of when you go into offices and get to, ask questions about what they're doing and what they're up to and just get a feel for the things to be able to to be a fintech insider see what it did there oh, nice. um, i think that that's definitely been the highlight
0: nice sarah
3: i think for me it's the live shows so i remember for the very first after dark we did um we were sort of standing in like it's not a green room it's a corridor in a we work and jason looked around and he said what are we doing this is completely mad <laughs> and i was like well, yeah, I guess it is completely mad. But from then on in, I've kind of learned that it, how how nice it is to get that feedback and to to know when you're in a room that people really are engaged with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess we've all now got careers that are like part you know what we do in a day job part stand-up comedian but um but it's just been so nice to actually because often you sit here in the room and you think oh we're having a great time but does anybody else actually enjoy it mm-hmm. when you're in the room and you feel the atmosphere and you can like feed off people and you can get them to ask you questions and you learn from them i really really enjoy that
0: yeah and it's been fun like me and you have done you know zero Com with those thousands of people at zero con and helsinki and the randomness with like in, in a, an old
3: tram shed it,
0: yeah but it's like say the reaction to for ever ever Crowd mm. in getting that live is is phenomenal, isn't
3: it? Yeah, and I think it. Um, in some way, I, I know we don't really need validation, but I like the validation of like, <laughs> having a live crowd laughing at my jokes. It makes me feel good.
0: Look at that honesty. We need to get a laughing track.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I need that. Uh, Ross, what about you? What's your highlight? So the obvious problem with kind of going last is that everybody's already said mine. Um, but I think, so it's, it's the people, it's, it's, it's just about getting out and, and, and sort of meeting people. So for me, whether it was going to Warsaw for the Hargreaves Lansdowne tech over, um, or whether it was um, going to the Luxembourg House of FinTech, um, interviewing some awesome people there or um, Innovate Finance Global Summit here in London, just meeting people, great people doing great things, JT or Point Learning things. Um, and I think the afterdocs as well. I mean, there's such an awesome community um, in this fintech space, whether it's startup or whether it's people in big banks, um, and just talking to people like I said, hearing what they uh, what they're up to.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can guess, but everybody around this table loves to talk. It's nice mm. to have a job that allows you to do it. But Finally. the best
1: thing is when I'm not talking and somebody else says something amazing and I got to be there. I agree. And, and the, the re- how relevant this show keeps you from having to be a host, that every week you read out the top five to 10 stories and you have a collection of some of the smartest people in fintech to chew it over with. Mm. Like that stuff stays in your brain sometimes.
3: It's going back to that learning thing. Like I'm always very happy if somebody says, actually, no, that's not quite how it works. Bingo. Or actually, that's not quite how I understand it. I'm like, oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. I want to know.
0: My I think my, my favorite actual show was the one uh me and Jay did with uh Gary Vaynerchuk. Like actually if I've listened back to any our piece of audio more like i don't know what it is like i've i've watched the learning thing i've watched my wedding video less <laughs> than i've listened to that audio track i really hope because so. <laughs> <This is, laughs> it was uh sarah if you're getting in touch i'm sorry um but um it, because actually it was uh it was such and i've I've listened to it a bunch of times when uh through the course of 11fs like it's hard work what mm. we're doing. And actually, it was great to have somebody, because we're just making this shit up as we go along, but he's really good at this stuff. And actually, to have somebody who can validate that we're on the right track uh, was really, uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but that one was really good for us. Um, and they, then I think the, uh, the actual, like, moment surrounding the, the show that actually worked really, really well was the first time I saw somebody wearing a FinTech Insider t-shirt on the tube. And I had no idea who that was. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I was stopped in the middle of New York once by somebody wearing a FinTech Insider t shirt who came to say hi. And I was stopped in an airport in Miami with somebody who recognized me wearing a FinTech Insider t shirt and went, Oh, are you those people? And I was like, Well, I'm one of them, but (laughs) I'm not the people.
3: (laughs) I wonder if a robot will be driving us to work in the future.
1: They say robots could become more intelligent than humans. Which can only be a good thing, right?
3: Stephen Hawking said the rise of robots could be disastrous for mankind.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to robots doing the hard parts of my job.
3: If they're smarter than you, they might kick you out of your job. Artificial intelligence. Innovation or invasion? Don't settle for black or white. For the full perspective, turn to the Financial Times. Visit ft.com forward slash subscribe today.
4: Today... Customers are demanding greater value from financial services. They expect more agility, innovation, and security than ever before. Most financial institutions are held back by the shackles of closed legacy systems that limit transparency, block innovation, and ignore customers' demands. Finastra has a bold vision, to unlock the potential of people and business. They've created a platform for open innovation in the world of financial services with FusionFabric.cloud. Their solutions span retail, transaction lending, and treasury and capital markets on-premise and in the cloud. Start your transformation journey today with Finastra.
0: Well, we we would love to hear from you guys. And actually, you let us know what uh, your favorite moments actually are. Um, Here are a few examples. First up, we've got Valentina Christensen from Oak North.
3: Hi to everyone at 11FS and Fintech Insider. It's Val from Oak North here just want to say a huge congratulations on reaching episode number 300. It's an amazing milestone and a, a really fantastic achievement. As you know, we're all big fans of the show here, listen every week. I think, apart from all the, the Fintech Insider After Darks, which have been so much fun and a great place to meet other people in the Fintech ecosystem in in London, probably my favorite Fintech Insider memory was doing a live recording at Cass Business School with Sophie Winwood, Ross Gurr, uh, and Jeff Tyson. Just talking to students about getting into FinTech uh, was really awesome to spend some time with them and hopefully introduce some younger people to the industry.
0: Next up, we've got Rahul Mehta, student at Warwick University.
7: Hey, everyone. This is Rahul. I'm a student at the University of Warwick, and I'm going to quickly tell you about my story with 11FS. So it was uh, the 11th of September 2017. I was going through a slightly difficult point in my life. Um, I had some trouble in my personal life and my granddad was in hospital. I was on my laptop applying for internships, Uh, looking to get an internship in the insurance industry. And I made a very simple mistake of typing in the Google search bar, insure space tech instead of technology and insurance, because I was just curious to know what the companies have applied to are doing within that space. And the first option uh, was the 11FS in uh, InsurTech Insider Podcast. I clicked on it. It was the first ever podcast I had listened to in my life. And it's safe to say that life has never been the same for me because that podcast led to an interest in InsurTech, Fintech and HealthTech. And a year and a half later, I've got a fantastic grad job from a leading consulting firm in London. So yeah, thank you very much, guys, and congratulations. Next up, we
0: have Ryan Ep, who is the MD of Funding Options. Hey guys, it's Ryan from Funding Options. Uh, First of all, huge congratulations on hitting the magical milestone of 300 episodes. It really is incredible to see what you guys have done and achieved over the last couple of years. I've been an avid listener and fintech insider fanboy since day one. So uh, please do keep up the amazing work. Next up, we have super fan Barb McLean giving us not one, but 11 best moments. I think we need her own show, doesn't she?
8: Hey, Team 11FS. It's Barb McLean straight from the home office in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Many congratulations on your 300th episode. I'd like to tell you my top 11 reasons why I love FinTech Insiders and I'm your number one super fan. Number 11, authenticity. This is actually the thing that kept me coming back to the podcast again and again, real people having really funny discussions and conversations about what's happening in the FinTech industry. Number 10, making my minus 30 degrees Celsius commutes much more enjoyable. Number nine being recognized as actually having been a guest on FinTech Insiders. Number eight, 11FS team's second birthday show. Number seven, David getting bleeped on his own show. Number six, teaching David to pronounce my last name correctly. Number five, shout outs from Simon. I heart you too, Simon. Number four, traveling 3,000 kilometers to San Francisco for the recording of After Dark Five. Number three, meeting other fans of the show in person. Number two, meeting the team who make the show in person. And number one, being a guest on episode 143 of FinTech Insiders. Congratulations, 11FS, and here's to 300 more episodes of FinTech Insiders.
0: Thanks very much for that, Bob um and as i said earlier on in the show we really wouldn't be here without you guys listening to us every week pushing us up the charts and making sure actually we've been giving some inspiration to actually continue doing what we're doing it's a lot of fun but actually those little tweets those little reviews all make it worthwhile as as doing this And on that note, that actually concludes this very special episode 300 of Fintech Insider. Thank you to everybody here and to Level39 for letting us back in and being the OGs of the, the podcast back when, what was it, 101 when this actually began. As for us, you can find us at Fintech Insiders on Twitter. And don't forget to leave us those reviews. We really love reading those reviews. Here's to the next 300 episodes. Look forward to it in the future. Bye-bye.